Is that better? Is that, is that better? That sounds better to me. <laughs> uh, maybe you have found yourself being a fa- uh, failed marriage or you failed at some business uh, adventure, whatever the case might be. We all have to deal with failure. And you all know me. Um, I don't like to fail. That's why I'm competitive. Y'all joke all the time. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm like the Apostle Paul. I fight to win. If I play you in a foosball game, I'm winning. If I play you in basketball, I'm winning. I, I just believe that God made me a winner. And so I fight to win. I do not like to fail at anything. And, and, and neither do you. And some of us handle that very differently. But I want to say something this morning that may shock some of you. And I want to lay it on very heavy this morning. Hear me. You will fail. There's going to come a point in time and all of your efforts and all of your trying and all of your work, there comes a point in time in life where all of us are going to have to face failure of some kind. The difference between the Christian that grows and the one that doesn't is how they handle failure. How they process failure. I want to read you something. Uh, a tall, lanky, quiet boy. See if y'all can know who this person is. He was fired as a store clerk. At 23, he took out a loan that enabled him to buy a small business. But in three years, his business partner died and left him with massive debt. Approaching his 30s, and after dating a lady for four years, she refused his marriage proposal. He ran for Congress, and he lost. At age 37, he was finally elected to an office only to be voted out. He failed at two separate runs for the Senate. He failed at a vice president try. And he once stated this, I am now the most miserable man living. Whether I shall ever be better, I cannot tell. However, at the age of 51, he became the 16th president of the United States. His name is Abraham Lincoln. How many know that Abraham Lincoln is not known today as a failure? Arguably the best president this nation has ever had. But then we all know, let's modernize it a little bit. You all heard of Michael Jordan. How many of you ever heard of Michael Jordan? The greatest basketball player who ever played the game, hands down. Forget LeBron, forget Kobe, forget Kareem, forget all of them. Jordan tops them all. I said it. I'm on record. Hallelujah. But Jordan said this. This was a commercial, and Jordan made this statement many years ago. Jordan said this. I've missed over 9,000 shots in my career. Mm. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over again in my life. And here's what he said to close it. And that's why I succeed. Hmm. Oh, well, you said, Pastor, you need to go a little deep. Okay, let me take you to the Bible. Everybody know the Bible, right? The Word of God. How many know the Bible is replete with stories of saints having setbacks and failures? If you don't believe that, you just need to take a look at the life of David. David had many failures. Am I right about it? He failed as a father. He committed adultery. He struggled. And yet, God used him. And today, David is known as a man after God's own heart. How many know David was the greatest king Israel ever had? Then, of course, you heard about Peter. He failed. You remember he denied the Lord? Lord, I will never, ever deny you. You ever told the Lord that? Lord, I will never, ever do that again. God, I won't. You turn around and you did it again. Is there anybody out there know what I'm talking about this morning? Let me know that failure is a part of life. 
It's not that God condones failure. It's not that we should live a life that, that, that brings about failure. It is that we must understand this one fact is that when God saved you, nothing caught God by surprise. Now, let me, let me work with this a little bit. Be, because how me know the Bible says that we were predestined. Everybody say predestined. That means that God saved you before you ever showed up. That's called the doctrine of predestination. In other words, God in his infinite wisdom, his infinite knowledge, he saved you. And here's what I want you to understand. That your mistakes and your failures did not catch God by surprise. I know it surprised you. I can't believe I did that. I want you to understand that it didn't surprise God. That God saw your weakness. Mm. He saw your failures. He saw that broken you, and he said, you know what? You are mine. How do we know that's love? God says, God saved you knowing that you had issues. Amen? God saved you. He predestined you knowing that you and I have struggles. So we're going to talk about facing this giant of failure because some of you if not all of you in here are maybe dealing with it now or it's going to come. And the question is, how would you respond? Because if the enemy had his way, he would have you throw in the towel. How many know that failure sometimes it threatens us? It makes us feel like wanting to quit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But, but I want you to know something this morning. Look at the neighbor and say, you were made for this. I know you're thinking, no, 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 you, you don't understand something. God, I'm going to show you, you are, you are built to last. Ford Truck didn't first come up with that. You have been made to endure some stuff. You have been made to overcome. I'll show you in a moment. I'm jumping ahead of myself because I'm trying to be dignified. But I'm about to let go here in a moment. I cannot handle it. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 7. This is a very powerful verse. I want you to hear this verse because it, it, it's rich. But, but listen, listen to what he says here in verse number 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He said, but we, everybody say me. Come on, y'all got to help me preach better than that. Everybody say me. me. But we have this treasure Watch this now, in earthen vessels, all right, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, I want that to, I want you, I want that to just simmer just for a moment. So he says that we have this treasure. What treasure is he talking about? He's talking about the goodness of God. He's talking about the gospel message. He's talking about the life-changing message. How many know that the gospel is precious? He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Now, I want you to understand something. When he says earthen vessels, that is a direct, uh, uh, that is a directly referring to the fact that we are weak. Earthen vessels. That's a direct reference to our weakness. The fact that we, are, we have a proclivity from time to time to fail. We make bad choices sometimes. We don't think straight. Sometimes our emotions are up and down. How many know that, 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 that it doesn't seem logical that God will put his treasure in that? How, how many know if, for example, let's just say if you had a, and I don't know if anybody here got one of those, but let me, let me, let me take a, a real big old step of faith. Let's just say for an example, you have a ring that is worth a million dollars. And all the ladies said, Amen. <laughs> a big old carrot, one of, those, one of those ones that, you know, I used to have a, a friend, a, a dear friend of mine uh, I used to serve in ministry with, and he was an NFL football player. And he had, um, and his wife, uh, I, I declare, was the biggest ring I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, it was just, I mean, you know, every time she, it would take the, you know, you saw it, it just changed everything, changed the whole atmosphere. But, 
But you know, when you got something that's really, really precious, y'all got to work with me with this. Now stay with me. When you got something really, really precious, you wouldn't take something like a ring like that and just kind of casually lay it down. You wouldn't put something like that in some kind of a, uh, a, a some kind of a glass thing that could it could fall and break. Uh, you you know you would probably more than likely you're going to surround that 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 instrument with something that is safe. You're going to probably put a lock and a key on it, and some folks you'll even put a, put that thing in a safety deposit box. Why? Because you want to protect it because it's what precious can't be toyed with. I got to make sure that it's safe. This cannot hit the floor. You, you do whatever you can. You do whatever you got to do to protect what is precious. And so I begin to ask the Lord. I said, Lord, then, then why is it that the gospel, how many know that there's nothing more precious than the gospel? Uh, you know, the, the, the gospel message is precious. The Bible said that God I said, God, why would you take something that is so precious and put it in earthen vessels? Why, God, would you take what God is life changing, what is eternal, and put it in cracked vessels? Here's the answer. Here's what he says. He says that the, watch this, uh, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. <laughs> oh, y'all, some of y'all, y'all didn't really get that. You see, God knows your failures. He knows that you are a mess. Does anybody know they're a mess? I, listen to me. Listen to me. I know who I am. Listen, if, if nobody else knows, you know you. You know you when nobody else knows. You know you and you know you ain't got no business. Come on. You ain't got no business doing what you're doing for God. And that God would entrust that to you. And me, that he would say, listen, I'm going to take my most precious thing and I'm going to put this treasure down on the inside of you and me. He said, you know why he did it? He says, so that you and everybody else will know that it ain't got nothing to do with you. If you are, listen to me, if you are successful, listen, T.D. Jakes can preach his tail off. One of the best preachers in this generation, in my opinion. That's, that's pastor. That's me talking. But he, he will be a fool, and I know he wouldn't. He wouldn't stand up and try to brag and say he's all of that. He knows that in a moment it'll be over. I mean, know the people that really understand who they are, they know that, you know, you really, you really try to talk to some folks that really got it going on. You really have a conversation with them. And, and, and I, I laugh because they always try to give you all the tips and how they succeed and da-da-da. And they give a, a whole list and they try to, and then you try that whole list and none of it works because it got nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the power that's working through you. Are you tracking with me this morning? So God says, I'm going to put my treasure in crackpots so that you and everybody else will know that it is me doing this and not you. You got to trust me. If you try to do anything outside of trusting God, you'll fail, particularly if it's going to have any kind of eternal value. So the fact that God will put treasure in, in this broken vessel, it, it, it brings me a little bit of uh, comfort. Uh, uh, it, now, it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to uh, wallow in brokenness, but it, but it encourages me to know that it is he who is working in me to will and do of his good pleasure. It's all about him. Psalm 103, verse 13 through 14 says this. Watch this. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pity those who fear him. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are but dust. Yeah, you, me, dust. We're jars of clay. We are people of imperfection. We are a people that fail at times. Now, Pastor, why are you driving this home? Because I want you to understand that when you fail, you are not to stay there. Amen? 
I want you to understand the part of the process of what God is doing. It includes some of your failures. I, I want you to understand that. Listen to me, church. Don't get all upset. Don't want to kick the, listen, don't want to quit and give up because let me tell you something. The strong survive, but not the strong in this world, the strong in him. You got to know that God is working through you and all of your weaknesses. Paul says, when I find myself weak, he says, I'm at my strongest point because the power of God is in me. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I came not in word only, but with power and with demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I was completely relying on God. I was weak. And yes, we're broken. And yes, and you can, you can Facebook this. Why did God do that? Why did God give grace to you? He loved me like that. Just say that. He loved me like that. Why, do, why, why does God bless you? Why does God? Because he loved me like that. I don't know. He just loved me like that. Paul says, and because of that, his grace was working in me. And Paul said, I labored because I know that I got problems. I know I got issues. And I know my God used me in an amazing way. And it's all about him. So the power is of God. Understand. So when you look at your failures now, listen to me. When you fail at something, how many of you have failed at something in your life? Come on, be honest. You fail. You fail. And you tried hard. And some of us, yes, some of us, it was some of the choices that we made. Some of us, sin was at the foot of it. But some of us, we just tried real hard. And some of us were serving the Lord. <laughs> that y'all not hearing me. Some of it is serving. How many ever tried to serve the Lord and you failed? Try to do something for God. And it didn't work. I want you to understand. You failed, but you didn't fall. You need to understand that God got a plan. In spite of all that. And look at, let's keep going. And look at, look at verse number 8 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at this. Verses 8 through 10. Paul said this, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. See? He says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Have you ever felt like pressure was coming from every side? Paul said, we are hard pressed but not crushed. He said, we are perplexed. Sometimes confused. Have anybody ever been confused? <laughs> Am I preaching to anybody here? Has anybody here ever been confused, uncertain, not really sure, don't know what's going on, don't, can't understand how this happened? Has anybody ever been confused? Amen. Paul said, I'm confused. There have been times when I've been perplexed. <laughs> I could not explain why this happened to me. Paul says, he goes on to say, that brother, I've been, I've been persecuted. Trying to love people, trying to do the right thing. And I've gone to jail. He says, I've been struck down. Now, Paul doesn't elaborate. Listen to me. Because we like to think that the Apostle Paul was perfect. But let, let, me, let me explain something to you. Paul doesn't, he, don't, he doesn't really tell us how he was struck down. He, he doesn't really tell us about how he was hard-pressed. I mean, he gives some insight. But, but, but could it possibly be that there were times when Paul just missed God? Have anybody ever just missed God? You know what I'm saying? You just missed God. Paul one time prayed, said, Lord, I need to be healed. I got a sickness. And, and Paul prayed three times. God said, nope. My grace is sufficient for you, son. You're going to have to ride this one out. Paul, like us, he was a man who had failures. And that's why he said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And when Paul was saying, I know some folk look at me and wonder, how did you get that? Paul said, I look at myself and wonder, but that's what it is. I am what I am by the grace of God. I make no apologies for it. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. And I'm going places because God decided to bless me. Won't you come and get some in Jesus' name? So he said, I've been struck down. I've been beat down. I've been struck down. There have been times when I've struck out. Mm, mm, mm. 
have been times when I've been punched. When I've failed, I've tried to preach the gospel in certain places and to certain people, and they beat me down. I failed. I couldn't do it. But he says, you know, even though I've been struck down, I ain't been destroyed, brother. <laughs> he said, even though I'm hard-pressed on my other side, he says, you know what? He said, I ain't crushed. I mean, sometimes it feels that way, though, don't it? Ah, sometimes it feels that way. But Paul says, even though I've been persecuted, ah, God's still with me. Paul said, listen to me. Paul was describing something. Are y'all still listening? Say amen. Paul was describing a, a kind of Christian that no matter what comes his way, no matter what hits them, that they will not be moved. Paul says, you know what? I've been knocked down. I've been crushed. And the, he explains the Christian life in terms of that, that, that we're just overcomers. You remember I said earlier that you were made for this? I want you to understand that whatever you're going through today, you are made for this. Because the Bible says that God will not put upon you more than you can bear. Is that what he said? I didn't say it. That's what he said in his word. He said, I will not put upon you more than what you can bear. In other words, you were made for this. But, but here's, the, here's the beautiful thing about this now. The Bible says in Romans 8.28, all things, everybody say all things. All things work together for good. That means all things mean what? That means your good, your failures, your problems, your jacked up self, everything about you, God will figure out a way to work it out in your favor. Now, how did he do that? I don't know. But I can testify that I am a recipient of God's grace. And so I brag and I boast about him. I don't know how he turned beauty for ashes. He just does. He just do crazy stuff like that because he's God. Oh, and, 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 I, and I love him. Because, listen, this ain't got nothing to do with me. Listen, that's why the Bible said the righteous fall seven times. They get right back up. Paul was describing a Christian that just keep getting up. Listen to me. We ought to be for PhDs. Uh, experts, whatever you want to call it, when it comes to not quitting. The church ought to show people what it looks like to remain steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The church, the church, we ought to lead the way. Don't you be moved. Don't start tripping because the water is getting in the boat. Stay there. Chill out. Jesus! Do you not care? There's water in the boat. We're going to Paris. Jesus woke up and said, what's, what's wrong with you? Water, be still for a minute. Shut up. What's your problem? Some of you right now, you got water in your boat and you're tripping. You're tripping. You are tripping. The Lord says, what's wrong with you? Didn't you not know that I said I will never leave you nor forsake you? Did you not know that I said in my, my word that the steps of a good man are ordered? That's why you tripping. Hard pressed. Persecuted. Struck down. But baby, I'm still standing. Mm. How are you going to face this thing? Watch this. How are you going to face that? How are you going to face failure? Look at, look at this. We're getting close to the end, but look at this. Number one, here's, here's what you got to do. How do you face your failures? This is practical stuff right here. This is going to help you. How many of you won't help? Listen to me. The first thing you got to do when you, see, ain't nothing worse than a Christian that blow it and won't admit they blew it. How many of the Bible says there's grace to the humble? How many of you want God's grace? Let me, let me tell you something I got in the habit of doing. When I blow it, I don't even try. I just, I, it's me. It's me, God. It's me. You know why? Because I don't want my blessing. To, listen, he give grace to the who? Humble. 
The first thing, listen, when you failed at something, you blew it, don't try to blame everybody else. Well, you know, it was this. Well, you know, I, I, you know it was the food I ate last night. Oh, listen, when you fail, just say, it's me. Start right there. God, I blew it. Confess it. I listen, it's me standing in the need of prayer. I'm the one who's guilty. Let me tell you something. God will give grace. God would give grace to people that would admit it. Because as I said before, God already knew you were going to make a mistake before you did it. God already knew you were going to be boneheaded before he saved you. He still saved you. That's why you ought to come give him praise as much as you can. That's why you ought to shout the praise. You ought to blow the roof off the hole. You ought to give God glory because you know that he's been good to you. So you admit it. Number two. Here's the thing. When you fail, receive God's forgiveness. Receive it. Paul said this in Philippians 3.13, wonderful verse. He said, one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I move forward. How many know you got to forgive yourself? Listen to me. Paul said this. Paul said that I persecuted the church. And Paul felt bad about it. But, you know, it came a point in time that if Paul was really going to excel and do the work of ministry to which he's been called, he had to forgive himself for what he'd done. Let me tell you something. You have to forgive yourself when you fail. Listen, here's another, here's another thing you can Facebook. Facebook this and tweet this. This I came up with this last night. Address it. Confess it. Quit it and get on with it. Let me say it again. Address it, confess it, quit it, and get on with it. Move on. God got great plans for you. How many know God don't give PhDs when you wallow in self-pity? Are you hearing me? He don't? <laughs> I tried it. It don't work. I told y'all that. I, I, I tried it. I used to love self-pity, man. I didn't feel sorry for myself. You need to forgive yourself and move on. If God forgave you, why are you tripping? Do you hear me? If God had forgiven you, mm, the heck with everybody else says. That's the PG version. Okay. Some, some folk got that, some didn't. Okay. Number three. You need to, watch this, you need to learn from your failures. Now, now, this is, this is, I got to take my coat off because I really got to get this point. Listen, listen, listen to me. Now think about this for a moment. Life, life for us, particularly for Christians, how many know we're always in school? God, listen to me, you heard me say this and I want to say it again. As a child of God, your life is not just happen. There's no happen chance in the kingdom. Now, when people tell me good luck, I said, no, I'm blessed, but there ain't no luck here. I mean, I ain't offended. I'm just letting you, because they don't know no better. They're good, well, best, no, I don't, you know, good luck here. No, it's favor. <laughs> it's God working on my behalf. But we must understand that God is in the process, watch this, of teaching us some things. And let me tell you something. If you don't understand life, and some, let, me, let me go a little deeper with this. Because fa some, sometimes failure is your best teacher. Failure. How many know that some things that we ain't going to learn unless we, you know, how, you know how your kids are, you know, I'm, but, you, know you tell your kids, you tell your kids, you tell your kids, you tell your kids, and they always think they know better than you. You tell your kids, you tell your kids, they, 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 don't, they, they don't listen. And then they come back and they get 30, 40, but I wish I could have listened to you. I remember you said I should. But anyway, no. But, but you know what I mean. So we got to learn from our failures. Watch this now. How many like football, basketball? I love NBA. I love NFL. I, I love sports. I was even watching soccer. I was tripping. I said, Jesus must be on the way back because Pastor Baylor watching soccer. Uh, you know, ESPN rocks in my house. My kids, I mean, I could, you know, can't do much else <laughs> on TV. But I love some ESPN. So, but one of this, there's an interesting thing that happened that every single time that was it football or basketball, when a team loses, you know what they do that following week before they play the next game? Does anybody know? 
they go back and they have class. And they sit there and they say, everybody sit down. We got to figure out how we lost. Basketball, NBA, they have 80-some games a year. You know, after every game, they sit back and they got to watch the tape. Because if they don't watch the tape, they'll keep making the same old mistakes. How many Christians sitting up here keep doing the same thing because they never sit back and watch the tape? They never pull back and say, okay, why, how did I end up here? You find, see, if I got a problem with mismanagement of money, and listen to me. I know the preacher said that sending $1,000 and you're going to get out of debt. Listen to me. I tried that too. It don't work. So let me, don't even spend your money like way. Let me, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. This is practical. Because God, watch this, folks. God, God watches over our stewardship. Stewardship is important. It ain't just, but listen to me. If you got a problem with anger, you need to go back and watch the film. Go back and look at yourself. Or have somebody that got iPhones now. Put your own iPhone. Click. See how see what you did? And go back and watch the tape. Why is watching the tape so important? So the Bible gives this one verse. It says, ever learning but never coming to a knowledge of the truth. There's some people that just keep doing this. They never learn from their failures because they never sit down and have class. They never look at the tape. They never reflect. They never ask the question, how do I get here? We're just thinking that somehow things are just going to change. No, no. God is saying, you got to do what I told you to do. Then your change will come. Yes, God is a miracle working God. Yes, God got to work miracles. But how many know God is conforming you to the image of his son? So we need to make sure and understand that God is working on our character. Say character. Character is important in the kingdom. Character is important to God because God is preparing you for eternity. He's not, listen to me, you aren't going to be here. But listen, I was in a nursing home yesterday, sister living home where my mother-in-law is. I got to keep, I got a rope. And I, I, I just, you know, I used to go to nursing homes. I used to preach. I used to sing in there like once a week. I used to go in there and have church. And I was at another church. And so folks would dress up. I mean, they would dress up and they would come and I would sing and I would preach. And, you know, we had a wonderful time. But, you know, it's something about the place that just bothers me because I hate death. I hate what it does to people. I hate the fact that these people were once young and vibrant and they're sitting here now. They're defecating on themselves. And you know what I got this, this dropped in my spirit yesterday? God said to me, make the most of every opportunity. Because life is short. And God is preparing you, listen to me, way beyond here. It's not just about here. What God is doing in your life, it's about generational effect. God is about the third and fourth generation. God want to not just change you. He want to change your generation. You see, it is a shallow Christian who just think, the Lord just bless me, the Lord just bless me, the Lord just bless me. Good, the Lord bless you. But you ain't really matured yet in your blessing until you understand that that what God is doing in your life is to build up a generation of saints. Amen. To change some things. Change some atmospheres. Change some families. That's when you're moving into blessing. Oh, I got to get off that page. Number four, listen, you got to see failure as a part of your life and not a way of life. Do you hear me? Do you hear that? Yeah. Don't ever let nobody call you a failure. You are not a failure. You are God's child. Do you hear me? You are, you, yeah, you might have lost a job. Yeah, you might have you failed. A, but listen, you are not a failure. Failure is an event. It's not a person. It, that failure does not define who I am. In fact, I learned, I, I grow from them. Jesus taught this lesson to Peter when Peter failed. When Peter denied him, Jesus said to Peter, he said, Peter, because I'm sure Peter, but the Bible says, Peter, boy, when he denied the Lord, that he cried and he wept bitterly because he felt so bad that he had denied the Lord after he proclaimed, I'll never. That's why I, you know, that's why I got in. I never say what I'll never do. <laughs> 
Because, you know, if we're not for the grace of God, who knows where we'd be today? All of us. I mean, I never say what I, I just don't know. I, I won't even say, listen, I don't think I'll rob a bank, but I don't know. And I've arrested a whole lot of them. I don't think I kill nobody. No, I'm just telling you, I'm just relying on his grace every day. I just know it ain't got nothing to do with me. I just trust him to keep me. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? So he said to Peter, he said, Peter, do you love these more than me? He said, Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep, Peter. Feed my lamb. I'm sure Peter was like, I'm going back fishing, man. I messed up. God ain't going to use me no more. Jesus said, Peter, go feed my lambs, boy. It's time for you to go. And how many know Peter ended up preaching the best sermon ever at Pentecost? Brother had an altar call, 3,000 people got saved. How many know that's powerful? That's not power, that's power. God had to teach them that failure is not who you are. It's not a way of life, it's a part of your life. Understand the difference. And you'll be free and you'll stay free. Watch this, the last one. After failure, watch this. Arise and start again. Every time you fail. Well, well, pa- well, well, well Pastor, what if I fail? I keep, just keep getting up then. What you going to do? Well, I fail like 15. Keep getting up 50. Get up, get up 15 times. I don't know what else you're going to do. How many know about Jonah? Y'all remember Jonah? The Lord said, Jonah, I want you to go and preach, preach to the Ninevites. Go preach to them, Jonah, because there's a word in your mouth that's going to set them people free because I love them. Jonah said, I ain't going to heathen. I ain't going to preach to them. Everybody felt about, that's about some folks. Jonah said, I ain't going. <laughs> he ain't going. You know what? That brother ended up in the belly of a whale. And while he's in the belly of the whale, he came to his senses. How many know, how many know God know how to ring our, ring our bell? So Jonah realized. And, and I like this verse. Uh, Jonah 3, verses 1 through 2. Did I give you that verse? No. Jonah 3, verses 1 through 2. Listen to this verse. Write it down. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Watch this. I like this. The second time. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. How many know that he's a God of the second chance? Third chance. Fourth chance. How many know God will come back to you? God said, okay, let's try this again. How many know that's a good God? He said, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Jonah. And, and you know, God didn't change the word. He said, he said the same thing he said the first time. Jonah. <laughs> Uh, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach the message that I tell you. Go do it. And you know what Jonah did? Even in his rebellion, <laughs> Jonah did it, and you know what? 120,000 Ninevites repented from their sin and got delivered. Jonah failed the first time, but he got it right the second time. Then in closing, verse 16 of chapter 4. Actually, look at verse number 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And then I'm going to look at verse 16 of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 1 says this. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. That's number 1. Look at this. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 17 says this. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Watch this verse, folks, for our light affliction. How many of you feel like your afflictions are light? Paul said when you compare it to what God is about to bring about in your life, he said it ain't nothing. He says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Amen. Oh, somebody, get, listen to me. The more challenging your situation, the more profound your blessing. You must understand that. Paul said, since I have this ministry and I've received mercy, see, everybody in here, if you're a Christian, you, you're in ministry. Amen. Don't just look at me as a pastor. No, you're in ministry too. Amen. Well, pastor, well, you just need to ordain me. Okay, here you are. I ordain all of you. 
You're in ministry, ministry, ministry. You're ordained. You're in ministry. Paul said, since I have this ministry, he said, I don't quit. Paul said, I don't quit. You know why? Because God called me. God called me. He said, I don't lose heart. I don't quit. I don't give up because God has called me. So listen to me, church. I can't quit just because, listen to me, I can't quit just because I fail. I got to get back up. I can't quit because my expectation wasn't met. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. He says, but we don't lose heart because our inward man is being renewed. Your outer man is perishing. But here's the thing. God is working something on the inside of you. And, and, and watch this. And, and, and whatever you are experiencing right now, present affliction means future glory. Church, it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. How do you see your situation? Understand that failure is a part of a, a part of a part of is par for the course in golf terms. And so I want to encourage you this morning to stay the course. If you failed at something, you can't go back and change what happened. But you can get up and start living today. I mean, no, you can't worry about the, no, no, you need to go and move into what God has for you today. Listen, if you tried something and it didn't work, if you failed at something, listen, don't beat yourself up. Get up and move on. You know why? Because God ain't surprised, so why should you be? Don't you be surprised. Just say, you know what? God, I thank you that this is going to work in my favor. I'm going to be a better person because of this. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. right before we go into communion. I just want to say a prayer for those that are struggling with failure. Some hope in chariots, some hope Perhaps you, you failed as a parent. Perhaps you failed in your attitude. Perhaps you made some really, really bad choices and you caused your family to be in debt. Maybe you have just failed to be the kind of man or woman that God wants you to be. And as a result, you have been pulling back. You have been giving up. You've been losing hope. The Holy Spirit sent me here this morning to let you know that nothing catches him by surprise and that he's still ready, just like he was when Moses blew it. God was waiting. And God called Moses, and Moses, now it's time to go. Just like when Peter blew it, God says, Peter, now I want you to go and feed my lambs. God's saying to you today, you're struggling this morning. You say, Pastor, I, I, just, I just feel like such a failure, and the enemy has been lying to you. And I want to give you an opportunity to come up right ahead of me. I want to give you an opportunity to come up. This is between you and God. The altar's open for that and by coming you're saying you're saying Lord I thank you that you still love me in spite of myself and I thank you that in spite of my failures that you have given me the grace to continue on and I'm going to keep trying I'm going to keep fighting I'm going to keep believing I'm going to keep hoping if that's you this morning I'm going to invite you to come up secondly you're sitting here this morning you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior and I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to him it's appointed unto man who wants to die and after death there's nothing left but judgment and Jesus died so that you would not have to spend eternity in hell he died so that you can have life and have it more abundantly he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of his peace fell on him he loves you with an everlasting and a deep love won't you give your life to him today is there one who say pastor I, I'm not saved and I'm ready to give my life to Jesus I'm ready to live for him right here right now today is there one is there one Let's just let's prepare for communion.
I want you to look at communion today as a fresh start. It's a fresh start. I want you to see that your slate has been wiped clean. I want you to see that today is a celebration of the grace of God overcoming every one of your trials, every one of your sins, every one of your inconsistencies. I want you to see yourself today as a new creation because that's what you are. And I want you to let go of everything that is holding you back. Even yourself. Defeat the giant of failure that has taken root into your heart and see yourself as the winner that God made you. And so before we take communion together, as Paul said to the Corinthian church, so I say to Foundation Church, let's take a moment to examine our hearts. And after we have examined our hearts, then we can take communion together. I want you to be mindful that there were folks in Paul's day who, in the Corinthian church, who did not take communion very, very seriously and sacredly. And as a result, many of them died a premature death. This is a holy moment. Communion is a sacred, holy thing that we do. It's strictly for Christians and Christians only. We need to take it in truth and we need to take it with clear consciences and with pure hearts. Let's take a moment to examine ourselves. Follow the directions of the ushers. We'll come to the table, serve yourselves, go back to your seats, and then we'll take communion together. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took 
bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we eat together. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father, we thank you for your blood that cleanses us that washes us clean. Even our inconsistencies, our frailties, our weaknesses. God, we thank you so much that your love never fails. Father, we drink this cup this morning with the understanding that we are blessed with your love. We are sanctified by your grace and we are kept by your power. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, shall we drink together. Pass those cups to your right. Depending on where you are, to your left. Come to me, you broken one. Amen. And I amen, amen, amen. Come on, give Jesus the praise for a great day. How many of you felt like you was helped today? Amen. Go, with, go in that power. Don't let that word leave your heart. Let it take root. And know that God is with you no matter what. You cannot out the grace of God. You can't. You can't exhaust his mercy. They are new every morning, every day. Live like you know that. Amen. Let's stretch our hands toward the heavens. Now unto him, Jesus, the Son of God, the righteous one, our perfection, who he alone is able to keep us from falling. Not only to keep us from falling, but to present us before your throne of grace, faultless, clean. Hallelujah. God, this morning we felt like we took a bath in the spirit today. And God, we thank you for that washing. We thank you for that washing today. And we receive it today. And we walk like clean. We walk like we've been cleaned by the blood of the Lamb. Sanctify your people today. Keep us today by your divine power. And God, give us victory upon victory upon victory. And should we fall, God, we're springing right back up. Because we know that your plans for us are perfect. Hallelujah. Now unto him who is able to keep us and present us faultless. To him be glory and dominion and power now and forevermore. And all of God's people said amen. Come on, give God a praise. For our guests, we have some refreshments out back, out this way. Uh, hang around, uh, have some refreshments. And we'll see you guys next week. That's Michael Gunther.